Today, we're going to have a testimony from Christopher Wagner. It's a testimony that almost everybody who listens to it probably can identify with. It's a testimony of going from brokenness as a young man to wholeness. Uh, Christopher, uh, welcome. Tell us how this all started. Tell us about your background. Thank you, Bruce. Um, So I grew up uh, in a uh, two-parent household. I had two loving parents. I had an older sister uh, who's uh, three years older than me, and um, we grew up, had a loving family surrounding us. We grew up in a suburban home um, and went to church almost every Sunday. We were raised Catholic, and, um, you know, life seemed pretty good uh, from zero through 12, um, you know, tried to get good grades, tried to uh, be obedient to my parents. It wasn't always on track with that, but overall, we had a loving family and uh, really enjoyed life. I liked learning, uh, really liked building things. Probably my favorite uh, toy growing up was Legos, and um, just just enjoyed it through through about 12 years old. All that sounds pretty normal and natural. So you just spent all the rest of your life in perfection, and you lived happily ever after, and there you are, right? Unfortunately no. not. Um, <laughs> what happened? So I hit uh, adolescence probably right around 13, and I can distinctly remember um, just my my mindset, my thoughts, my thought patterns, everything really changing uh, in a short time. Uh, one of the things I remember is if I would, we used to drive somewhere, it would take you know 25 minutes or a half hour. When I was eight or 10, I might have 50 thoughts in that time, right? You know, <laughs> uh, looking out the window, thinking about whatever. And now all of a sudden, for a long period of time, maybe even an hour plus, I could, if I was in the car, I could uh, think on the same thing and go much deeper in it. Unfortunately, a lot of this uh, deep thinking also uh, led to me understanding more of my sinful nature. Mm. And some of these thoughts weren't so good. And as the more I had uh, problems with with bad thoughts or even bad actions, the more I started to hate myself um, as I was growing up. And this was 13, 14, 15. It was getting worse as time went on. Um, now, I really identify uh, with, uh, f- for back then with Paul, when he wrote in Romans 7, that those things which he did want to do, he did not do, and those things which he didn't want to do, he found himself doing. And that's what I feel like. As much as I wanted to do the right thing, uh, I would think or I would do the wrong thing. I was so grateful for your courage in saying that, Christopher, because that's a very common thing, especially, at, what did you say, 13 and 14 as a young teenager? Yes. So, you felt what? Stuck? So, Bondage? What, what did I, you feel? I absolutely, I, I, felt, I felt broken as, as, a, as a person. I felt like I was um, not worthy um, and... Uh, felt in bondage, like I just couldn't get out of the struggle that um, I was going through. And I remember as I crept into 15 and 16, uh, this led to some uh, serious depression. And um, my parents, uh, I was always a straight-A student, and my parents started to see my grade slip, started to see behavior change. And uh, they did what most parents, I think, would do. They ran out and tried to seek help for this. They didn't know what to do. And so, visited psychologists and psychiatrists. And in a very short time, I was diagnosed first with ADD and then uh, with uh, bipolar disorder and, and manic depressive. Those which are some m- pretty heavy diagnoses. 
yeah, I, I didn't understand much at the time. I mean, manic depressive from, from my understanding at the time was, you know, I had very high highs uh, in my emotions and very low lows. Uh, what it meant in practical terms is, is how I would get depressed for, for days on end. Um, and, and then I would have good days. I, I don't know that my manic or, or my high days were as high as some other people where they might have, you know, thought they were Superman or whatever they would do, but uh, as some described it to me. But there was kind of a rush to medicate this situation with how fast uh, I had changed, and, and that was seemed to be the response of most of the um, professionals or, or you know people I visited. Uh, so slowly, the medication were added till I got to a point between trying to solve both the manic depressive and the Ritalin that I was on 32 pills a day. Wow, that's a lot of meds. Did it help? What happened? <laughs> it actually kind of had the... Um, the opposite effect on me. So I'm one of those people who, if I would take a, a PM medicine, like a Tylenol, Advil PM, I'm up all night. And uh, a lot of these medicines left me more stressed, more nervous, more anxious uh, than I had ever been. I actually got to a point where I started to stop taking them. And my parents would notice that the pill bottles weren't going down. So then I started to flush the correct amount of pills a day. <laughs> um uh, or, or throw them out or however I would dispose of them to not have uh, any suspicion there because I just couldn't deal with the medication. Around the same time, I, I was so frustrated that I was um, uh, beating myself up for just sinful thoughts that I thought, you know what, at this point, I'm just going to go out and have the sinful action. If I'm going to feel the conviction and get beat up over it, I, I might as well you know, enjoy what I thought would be, you know, some kind of uh, enjoyment. And uh, so, I would go and try to party. I would try to chase women or uh, at this point, uh, I was a teenager, so chase girls. I would try to um, uh, act on those sinful thoughts. And that just led to more depression. Um, I got to a point where I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. Um, I never... Uh, attempted suicide, but I had suicidal thoughts so much that I would try to compound them. Where I thought, if I'm if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. Uh, those who know me know I'm I'm organized. I overanalyze most things, <laughs> and um, I mean, I would get to a point where I was going to jump off a high place with a noose around my neck while I've taken a, a bottle of pills and shooting myself um, all at the same time to make sure that I did this right. If I was going to do this. And, you know, I know a lot of people out there maybe who have never dealt with depression and they talk about how self, uh, selfish a suicidal act is. And while you're probably right in thinking that, just so you know, those people who are in that level of depression, they are truly thinking they are doing a positive service to those people around them. They think that the world and the people around them would be better off without them. There's a lot of people listening right now, Christopher, who probably can identify with exactly what you are saying that it, 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 it's like a, a, a an entrapment you're in bondage you'd like to get out of it but you can't so whatever happened is you just stay there you obviously didn't take your life you're here talking to me what would you say to a person like that and what do you do next where do you go what happened why I never actually acted out on that, I'd say, is purely by the grace of God. There's something in uh, in me that he had that, that life, this life, no matter how bad it was, he gave me was precious. And um, I found myself, uh, as, I, as time went on, I'm 17, 18 now, junior, senior, um, 
going back and forth where I one Friday night I would go to a party and the next Friday night I would actually show up at uh, the priest's house, the rectory or whatever and and uh, uh, you know knock on the door at seven eight o'clock at night searching for answers. Mm. Uh, and and I don't know too many people who are 17 years old who probably in the span of a year, off hours, let's say, visited the priest's house probably, you know, 10, 12 times in a year. Uh, but I was desperate to find answers to solve what was going on in my soul. I, I couldn't, uh, I just felt completely broken. You were I, searching for some answers, obviously, with everything within you. Were you able to find any answers through that search? So I <laughs> I, I graduated uh, high school and I moved up uh, away from, from my house and I was trying to simplify my life. I just didn't know what I wanted to do, but I, I knew I wanted to solve this issue before I moved forward. I ended up working a, a maintenance job on a large apartment complex. Uh, I just felt like if I could, you know, work and, and try to figure this out and try to simplify things, I might be able to to steady some of these crazy emotions. I might be able to, to figure things out. Um, shortly after I moved up, I ended up meeting Rhonda, who is now my wife, and um, uh, started a, a relationship. We started dating, and she had uh, two boys at the time, and I thought, this is, I got a few months into this relationship and thought, this is crazy. This is the exact op- opposite of simplifying my life. Uh, uh, how much complexity would this bring in? And I, I took a step back for about a month. And I just felt so led and drawn uh, back into this relationship uh, by God. And um, my wife is a, is a woman of faith, and um, it was one of the first people I had met who was she wasn't perfect, but she was really trying to live out her faith and and her and trusting in God. And it was such an attraction to me, someone trying to do this. Fast forward three years, uh, the two of us got married. We got engaged, and we got married, and. Um, at this time, I would uh, say I intellectually uh, believed in God. I intellectually believed in Christ, even his his death on the cross. Uh, if you would have asked me back then, I would have said uh, I was saved. Uh, I believed. But uh, now I can tell you I was not saved at the time. I, I just intellectually believed in God. Wow, that's quite a statement. For you to make that contrast, you actually really believed you were. How would somebody know? And what happened? You were looking at Rhonda's faith, and you were trying to follow her into this. So what happened, and why are you saying now that what you would assess that then was actually not really the case? Well, I um, I would go to Bible study after Bible study. I'd go to church after church, and uh, I was desperately seeking um, but there, there was something that that was missing, and that was that happened on Resurrection Day, two thousand eight. Uh, I fully surrendered to God mm. on that day. Um, I received the Holy Spirit and was born again. And I can tell you, I mean, uh, the power that came over me that day was amazing. I ended up on the floor weeping, um, uh, and and uh, ended up speaking in tongues that day for the first time. And I, I got up and left church that day, and instantly, uh, so many things started to change in my life. Up until that point, I had uh, smoked, smoked cigarettes, and uh, I tried to quit probably like five times, and never smoke another cigarette again in my life. It uh, happened immediately. Immediately. Just as soon as you, you used the word surrendered, yes, and you gave up. It wasn't something you did, or tried hard, or succeeded at. 
it was something you completely surrendered and couldn't. It was his success, not yours. And, and that's and that's such a, a great point, Bruce. Because all my life, uh, I was raised with a, a, a strong work ethic from my parents, from my extended family on my mom's side. We were all very close. And uh, so I thought, if I wasn't succeeding at something, even this emotional stuff I was going through, I just had to work harder and work harder at it. And that didn't fix it. And what what did fix it was surrendering to to Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, for uh, once that happened, He and, and and His Holy Spirit started to fix, and God started to fix everything uh, inside of me by me surrendering and le- letting them do the work, <laughs> letting Him do the work. And it's been amazing by developing that personal relationship uh, with Him in a person, and, and Him now He has counseled me. As I went forward, and he's brought other people in my life, friends and my wife and other people who have also counseled me, but that uh, has led to a wholeness that I've never experienced and a freedom I've never experienced before, where I'm not saying that I'll never have any emotions that are up or down, but nothing like it was before. Satan has tried to... um, come at me with with suicidal thoughts or with other things again, but it doesn't have any power now over me like it did back then where I was actually considering it. It's a thought that comes in and and I can cast it back out. Um, I I don't have these deep depressions where days on end I I can't even get out of bed like I did back then. Um, And and his power has just massively changed me. Um, I think... You know, there's a scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 22 that talks about our body, our soul, and our spirit being whole. And I had such a broken soul that was felt it was in bondage, and I just couldn't get out. Like I talked about in that Romans 7 scripture, I did those things I did not want to do. And now I, I, I had the power not to do those things, and, and, and I was whole. And um, John 8... Um, 32 talks about, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And it was the first time in my life, resurrection in 2008, and since that I had freedom. And and as I grow in Christ and, and I continue to surrender to Him, I just have more and more freedom and peace and rest, which are things that, while I might have known them intellectually before, I never really experienced them once I hit 13 on. What a contrast from bondage. <laughs> it sounds like you really were in bondage. You had medication and, and, and drugs and depression and, and ADD. And then you talk about freedom. The yes. opposite of bondage. You were, you were broken in all kinds of ways. Now you're talking about a wholeness, just like... <laughs> like the scripture you just mentioned, if you were going to say to one person right now, to say a young person of 15, 16, 14, 16, 17 years old going through that, looking for the answers in all the ways that you were looking, what well, what would you sum it up to tell them as to where they need to look? <laughs> I would use one word that I didn't even know, didn't believe in probably at the time, and that's hope. And you'll find your hope in Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, not your hope in, in medication, not your hope in counseling, though I, I'm i not against those things at all. And I think if the Lord leads you to those things, absolutely, uh, they have benefit. But your true hope, your true the only way to truly be free and to have wholeness in your life is, is found in Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, Father God, I just pray right now that these words that Christopher is saying and that 
this person is hearing right now. Instead of just being a theoretical what if, maybe situation that that person listening right now could, even this moment, in the quietness of his or her heart, invite Jesus to take over the Lordship. I pray that you would give that person courage to do just what Christopher did that day on, on his floor when he ended up weeping and, and, and surrendering. Oh, Father God, touch this person that has the same sort of feeling of hopelessness. And as, as Christopher has talked about the hope that is in you, oh Lord, that you're not just a, a, a theory or a religion or a doctrine, but you are a real person with your arms around the person that's so needing just as he was. Put your arms around that person. Give them hope, a hope in a relationship with you. Thank you for doing that, even right now, this moment, as we're praying. In that mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. I hope you were truly blessed. If you want more information about Testify It, please visit us at testifyit.com. That is T-E-S-T-I-F-Y-I-T dot com. Do you have a testimony to share? We would love to hear from you. Just go to testifyit.com and fill out the testimony form. You can find it at the bottom of any page on the site. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and truly want one, call out to Him today. Decide to give over your life, surrendering it to Him, and choose to follow Him. He has already paid the price for your sins with His death on the cross. He was raised on the third day and will give you everlasting life with Him. You will be born again, and He will place His Holy Spirit within you. Until next time, remember you are loved by God and He deeply desires a relationship with you.